Welcome to the Love is a Trip podcast, where two life coaches talk the ups and the downs of love. Come enjoy the ride with Ash and Dad. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Love is a Trip. Super excited to have y'all listening. How you doing, sis? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be back and talking about another issue. Let's get into it. What are we talking about today? You know what? Cheaters be tripping. Cheaters be tripping. You know, it's something I have thought about. So this hasn't necessarily been my personal experience. Like I don't I don't think I've been cheated on okay. in a relationship. <laughs> but I was I would put that disclaimer out there, right? Because I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying to my knowledge. Okay, to your knowledge. I haven't necessarily been cheated on, but it has been something that has impacted my family mm-hmm. for sure. And so um let's talk a little bit about kind of how we define cheating, what is our like story with with cheating and let's get into some thoughts because I know over time for me, what I think about cheating has really changed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, for me, you already know I, I have been cheated on <laughs> more more than once. Um, and I think anybody that has been in a lot of relationships, you know, if they have a, an extended history of, you know, multiple relationships, I do think that at some point we've all had to deal with some aspects of cheating. Um, and you know, I had to do the research, you know, of course, so. <laughs> of course. come on with the, with the stats, with the, data. Right, with the data. And so, you know, I looked up and in, in, in a 2020 study on sex and marital therapy, researchers found that there are eight motivations for cheating and the eight are anger, self-esteem, lack of love, low commitment, need for variety, neglect, sexual desire, and circumstance interesting Isn't that interesting interesting okay so all those can go pretty deep too and it's not necessarily directed at or related to the partner that somebody is with right right and I think it's it's interesting because a lot of this this study also found out that most of the reasons that people cheat aren't just because of sex, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and normally we we typically think that people are cheating because they want to just, you know, have sex with somebody else. They just want the variety of it. And for some people, that is it. But the majority of these reasons have nothing to really do with just the sexual aspect of it. And yeah, well, let's get into so let maybe let's define at least for ourselves or kind of say what we think cheating is. Cause I know for me that's changed over time. Really? Yeah. So I think growing up, you know, I was raised in purity culture, mm-hmm. that really strict set of ideologies and thoughts about sex and relationships. And so my thoughts about cheating kind of aligned along with that so because it was supposed to be really rigid like sex is for marriage that's it and even intimacy right like Mm -hmm. not even just sex but in a a lot of ways emotional intimacy was uh encouraged to be reserved for marriage only Mm -hmm. and so I feel like my definition of cheating kind of aligned with that it's like okay well anything I'm only supposed to do in marriage like I shouldn't really be doing elsewhere. And so if I'm doing that elsewhere, then, you know, then it's cheating, right? So it's not even just sex, right? But is it inappropriate conversations? Mm -hmm. Is it just even 
talking to men, right? And, and again, like a lot of these definitions are super, super heteronormative, right? They're about, True. oh, are you talking to somebody of the opposite sex, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, if you're not sexually attracted to the opposite sex, then why is it, you know, right. why is it cheating? But like those definitions don't take that into account ever. True. True. But kind of how that played out in my marriage was that my ex was super jealous of one particular friendship that I had with a guy from high school. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of mandated that all conversations with him be group conversations. So wow. Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait, group text. So who's on the, okay, back up, back up. (laughs) Okay. So you have a, a very close male friend. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he wanted you to have a group text. Anytime you communicated with the male friend. Yep. So the group text had to include him. It had to include him. Wow. So whether it was a group text, a message or whatever, if I talked to him, you know, either he needed to be there or I at least loop him in on it. That type of thing. It was very rigid. And I think, again, that comes from the ideas that I had about what fidelity is, Mm -hmm. you know, and what are the boundaries of the relationship. But it's interesting because we never really kind of talked about or laid out what exactly is cheating, what is fidelity in our relationship. You know, we just kind of both had these rigid ideas and I thought like, okay, well, because he's my spouse, then I kind of need to honor whatever he wishes in that regard. Mm -hmm. And so now when I think about that situation, I think about, okay, we never even had a conversation about what (laughs) cheating is. And so now that I think about what cheating means, I, I have come to a place where I think it means, you know, it's something that is outside of the boundaries of the relationship that have been set by the people that are in that relationship. Right. So very intentional, not Mm -hmm. something that someone else makes up or says is cheating. It's the people deciding what they want, right? What does fidelity look like in Mm -hmm. the relationship? Not just like what is cheating, right? What's the edge, but like, no, what are we, what are our expectations for how being faithful looks like in our relationship? Mm -hmm. No, I, I like that. Well, let's just look at, let's look at the pure definition of cheating. So the definition of cheating is when a person is in a monogamous romantic relationship and has an emotional or sexual relationship with someone else without their partner's consent. So that's what Google said. That's what Google said. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think that's the the pretty much the pure defined, you know, straight to the point definition of it. It leaves like no true questions on that unless you want to deep. Oh, there's dig. some questions. I mean, yeah, I guess questions, but I mean, that's just like the pure straight no chaser mm-hmm. definition of it. If you know you're doing something outside of what your partner would deem acceptable, then I think you're crossing the boundary that could lead into what your partner may describe as as cheating. Now, for me, if I'm in a relationship with someone and they're talking to someone else. I have a big thing about emotional cheating. Okay. Um, because so tell me what that means to you. Define that for us. And like what it means to you, right? Since it's something that's important to you, what does mm-hmm. that mean? I feel like emotional cheating is when you are talking to someone else and leaning on them emotionally outside of the boundaries of your committed relationship. So it's building a level of intimacy that you would normally develop in that monogamous relationship. So it's, good morning text it's uh 
you know, how are you doing? You know, the sharing of intimate details with someone that is not your spouse. And I tell people all the time for emotional cheating, you think about it. If there is a conversation that you're having with someone that you know, you could not have that conversation around the person you're dating, you should question that, that conversation. So are you, are you talking to someone that you're calling a friend? And this is of course for, you know, whoever you are sexually attracted to. So if you're, you know, in um, a heterosexual relationship or one that would be LGBTQ plus plus IA, you know, when you're talking to someone and that boundary is there where you're like, Oh, I probably shouldn't be having this discussion with this person. You know, it's understanding should this conversation be something I only discuss with my partner versus should I really be talking to this person, you know, about this particular thing. So if you're having intimate discussions about y'all sexual relationship with someone that, you know, you could potentially be sexually active with, are Mm -hmm. there feelings beyond just a friendship? And you know that, you Mm -hmm. know that for yourself, everyone who's emotionally cheated, knows when the boundary is there you know when you're talking about something that you're like yeah I probably shouldn't be doing this but in your mind you think because it's not a physical connection Mm. that it's not cheating but it is because you think of most people if you look at your best friend you know you think about everything that you would do for your best friend this is a best friend that you haven't been sexually active with but just that's your best friend Think about the level of intimacy you have with that person that's non-sexual, but how deep that connection is. If you're having that type of connection with someone that you know you're physically attracted to or that you think you might have these sexual feelings toward, that's a really, really scary territory and could end up leading to physical issues there. You know, you could cross the boundary one day. So I think for me, emotional cheating is harder to detach from because mm. you can sleep with somebody for one night and be like, Hey, that was good. That was fun. We can move on, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. in boomerang when, uh, <laughs> when she looked at him and was like, you know, new Orleans, you know, it was cool, you know, and I think we should just mm-hmm. move mm-hmm. on and do our thing. I think you, you, to me, you're able to kind of disconnect a little bit more if it's just a one night stand or something. But if I have an emotional connection with you, that's really harder to detach from because that means I've shared things with you that I probably haven't shared with anybody else or my my partner. It's waking up in the morning with you on my mind. Mm-hmm. It's when something funny happens, I want to pick up the phone and call you mm-hmm. or I'm watching something on TV and I'm thinking about how we had a conversation about it. That is the basis of a good sexual relationship, building that emotion. So to me, it's a, it's a slippery slope mm-hmm. to stay on because once you're getting that connection, it's harder to let it go. You know, you think about when you break up with someone, sometimes the hardest parts of the breakups are the things that you all did together. It's, oh, I can't go to that restaurant anymore because I remember we had our first date at that restaurant. Oh, I can't listen to this song on the radio because that was our song. Those are all emotional things mm-hmm. and those simple things right there will keep us locked in relationships or unable to move on to a new relationship just because of the emotional connection with someone. Okay. So I got a question. Okay, go ahead. So why is it a bad thing that you have an emotional connection with multiple people? 
I'm talking about multiple people that you want to sleep with. Not just like, <laughs> not just like, you know, emotion. Because, I mean, you can have an emotional connection to your best friend that mm-hmm. you have no sexual desire for. But I think with emotional cheating, there isn't, there's, it goes beyond just an emotional connection. If you all were in the right space, the right time, the right drinks, the right environment, mm-hmm. you know, something will pop off mm-hmm. and it wouldn't just be no, Hey, I'm gonna give you high five and we move on. Mm-hmm. No, this is somebody that you're thinking about all the time that mm-hmm. when stuff comes up, you're wanting to reach out. You want to talk to them. You're starting your day, you know, texting them. You're going to lunch. You're, you're sharing a connection. And I think that can pull away from the intimacy of your monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. Anything Mm -hmm. that's going to pull you away emotionally from the connection that you have agreed with someone else that y'all are going to be monogamous is, is wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you can't share those conversations with your spouse or or whoever you're with, then I think, you know, that that's, that's wrong. So I, I'm I'm asking because I read a book uh, a couple of years ago by Esther Perel. It's called The State of Affairs, Rethinking Infidelity. That's the title. And one of the big takeaways that she talks about is essentially that um, one of the big reasons that infidelity happens is because people are not thoughtful and intentional about entering into a monogamous relationship. Mm. Essentially that monogamy has become this compulsory thing Mm -hmm. that people are not really thinking about in terms of whether that's actually going to work for them. And so they enter into these relationships without thoughtfulness and are struggling to understand like why they're not being fulfilled by that type of thing. And a lot of times it's because people are kind of arbitrarily cutting off other relational connections and they have the expectation that this one person is going to fulfill all of their relational needs Mm -hmm. when ultimately that's not realistic. That's not realistic for anyone. Right. right? And not even just talking about sex, but just like you said, the emotional connections, Mm -hmm. we have the capacity and ability to connect emotionally with multiple people, right? It doesn't have to be just this one person. And so she talks about that as one of the big reasons why infidelity actually happens and is a big problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I mean, you can have emotional connections with people, but as long as there's no like sexual desire there, I think that's the, that's, that becomes the issue is that people will think, well, this emotional connection is okay because we're not having sex, you know, but if, if it's pulling you away from that monogamous relationship, if you know, I prefer to talk to this person rather than the person that I'm with, or when something happens and I'm picking up my phone, I'm not calling my partner. I'm calling this other person. Then slowly but surely, the person that you're with is going to get replaced. You're going to cheat. If, if it keeps going on and on and on, the value of relationships is going to shift And then you're going to pull away from what you're dedicated to in that relationship. And at some point it's going to be like, well, what's the point of your partner then? If you're leaning on this other person for all, all of these emotional needs, then you're not focusing on your main relationship. And that's not to say that you Mm -hmm. can't have emotional connections with other people, but you have to be careful with, I think the, the level of it, the gravity of it, and just Mm kind of ask yourself these questions. Am I, Am I depending more on this other person who's outside the boundaries of my monogamous relationship or am I focusing more on developing a deeper connection with the person that I'm with? Because Mm -hmm. 
the person that you're with, if you're focusing on them and developing a deeper connection, not saying that they're going to fill all the boxes for you, but they give them the opportunity to fill that space. And if you're just saying, well, you can't do it, I'm going to go and talk to somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's kind of unfair. You're not even given that, that person the opportunity to grow with you and to be there and give you what you need. You're just seeking outside sources. And I think that's can be dangerous territory. If you just say, Oh, well, I can talk to Daphne. You know, I'll just call Daphne. And then then you keep calling Daphne and Daphne becomes your true source of emotional connection. And now what's the point of your partner? Well, I mean, I think that goes back to what did you connect with your partner for initially? Right. And has that changed? I mean, I think a lot of that, like what you were saying, assumes like that the agreement was there is this monogamous connection that is, and these are the emotional boundaries as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't really look at it in like this either or, right? Like, oh, if I'm connecting with somebody else, then I'm automatically pulling away from my partner. It can be both, right? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that's cheating. That means I can have a strong emotional connection with someone. Like I might not be able to talk to my partner about all the shows that I watch, right? If I want to kiki about RuPaul's Drag Race and the seasons and all the things, and I'm connecting with somebody off of that Mm -hmm. like you know that's not a bad thing necessarily and depending on the agreements in the relationship that's not necessarily something that I'm going to say is dangerous right like even again even if there's the possibility that like I might be sexually attracted to this person does that mean I can't talk to them at all right because also at the end of the day I'm an adult right and I do have control over my actions right right but then there's also the idea of um, like of non-monogamy, right? Like people can choose that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes this unfairly comes up in conversations about cheating because people are like, oh, if you want to be polyamorous, just go do that, right? Or you want to be non-monogamous, just go do that. When it's like, okay, but that's not cheating though, <laughs> right? right? Like that's because there's an agreement right. of what it is. right? And I found like, I found that non-monogamy, the ideas behind it resonate with me because mm-hmm. it essentially says you don't have to arbitrarily limit your connections or relational connections in general because you're connected to one particular person, mm-hmm. right? It's that there's abundant opportunities for you to be able to connect with people and there are relational structures that you don't have to limit that, right? It right. can be both. It yeah. can be I have a partner and we've decided, okay, we're not going to have sex with anybody else, but that doesn't mean we're not going to go on dates. That doesn't mean we're not going to talk to anybody else. That doesn't mean I'm not going to have this emotional connection or it might mean like, yeah, maybe you do have sex with somebody else. Right. But like your primary commitment is at home. Right. And that's what you agreed on. I mean, I think it's a very intentional type of arrangement, but I think it makes room for people to be relationally relationally fulfilled and also remove this confusion and the hurt that comes in with betrayal. Because I think a lot of times that comes from not knowing how to communicate Mm -hmm. what it is that you need or not even really knowing what it is that you need. But sometimes this rigid monogamous structure, when we go into it without thinking about it, it sets us up for our own individual heartbreak because we haven't decided, okay, does this relationship feel what I actually need? Yeah. I think you made a good point, and that is just that you have to have those conversations before you enter into the relationship. It's just because, you know, you can tell some people that you start dating, hey, I have guy best friends, and they're like, yeah, I'm not okay with that. And then you can just say, well, okay, then we can't date mm-hmm. because I'm not going to break off my connections with my male guy friends that I'm very close to that have been there for me 
all these years because you have some insecurities about it. Even though I'm telling you, I won't cross that boundary with them because I honestly, I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. I have a lot of guy friends and I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, yes, yeah. never ever in life would we ever be together, but that's my boy. You know, I don't want to be with him in that way. And if you can't trust me enough, then yeah, we're not going to work in a relationship. So I think you're right. It's just having those conversations before the relationship starts to set, what are your boundaries? What are your deal breakers when it comes to dealing with relationships that are outside of you and I? Um, but I think for me, I, I just know that how I feel about people mm-hmm. having emotional connections. Cause I'm so much of an emotional person yeah. that for me, if I'm talking to somebody else and we're talking for hours and hours and hours, I know that that could lead to deeper things. And ultimately I'm in a relationship so that I can build a deeper connection with that person. And so it's being intentional with saying I'm choosing to go deeper with yeah. you so that we can grow together. Cause I may be limiting your ability to be there for me by just making the decision that you can't be there for me. When it's like that person could say, well, you don't even give me a chance to be there for you. You just ultimately said, okay, well, I think my friend over here is better at it. Well, it's like, well, give me a chance. Mm -hmm. I could learn to be better if Mm -hmm. you give me the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, for me, emotional cheating, you know, can have to me a a longer lasting impact because I just think it's harder Mm -hmm. to separate from someone once you've built that emotional connection with them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it sounds like, you know, we're talking about cheating. And that's not to say in any relationship dynamic, people can't cheat, right? Like there's still going to people that going to be people that go outside of the boundaries, even when they have been clearly defined. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that can help us when we think about you know, the heartbreak and betrayal and all of that that comes from cheating, one thing that can help us going into a situation is knowing what we need relationally, right? Like from a potential partner, but just generally in our lives. And I know for me, I need to know, I don't have to arbitrarily cut off connections, you know, like my ex did with that friend because Mm -hmm. you feel some type of way or you think just having a conversation is cheating, Mm -hmm. right? If we are not on the same page about that, then like, that's not going to work for me, mm-hmm. but I, people don't have these conversations all no, the time. There's all, there's assumptions that like, okay, you know what cheating is. I know what it is. All right. We're not going to do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we, we can set ourselves up yeah. for heartbreak in that way. Sometimes again, not to blame ourselves for what somebody else does, but when we're clear, we, I think set up a path, not just to not be betrayed, but also to have relational fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, another thing I find out in my studying and my doing the research is that, you know how we hear that once a cheater, always a cheater. Ooh. <laughs> and you know, that's a big myth, you know, and people are like saying, well, no, that's not true. But actually science oh. supports that once a cheater, always a cheater. Wow. Yeah. It, it says that people who report cheating in a relationship are three times as likely to cheat in their next relationship compared to those who don't. So there is some science that supports that theory that, yeah, once a cheater, always a cheater. And that, of course, that does not add a lot of comfort to somebody who's been cheated on. (laughs) But yeah. So if you're dating somebody and it comes up, you ask like, hey, have you cheated before? And they say like, you know, yeah, I did. I was immature, but now I feel like I've grown up. I can do better. Uh, you know, I mean, I think it's still something that you're going to have to put at the top of your radar, mm-hmm. because I think people that 
are okay with cheating, a lot of times that lets you know that it's kind of in me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people that just don't cheat. They just don't. I'm, yeah. I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for cheating. Um, it's, it's, it's too much. I, that I'm just not built for it. I can't do it. If I'm if I'm not happy, we just gonna break up. I'm just I'm just I'm not going to cheat on you. I just I don't like the way it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. I don't like lying. I don't want to come home and look at you knowing that I've been with somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'm not built for cheating. But there are some people that you know they've done it, and sometimes they don't feel bad about it, and some do. And I think if you're on a date with someone and they say, well, hey, you know, I have cheated before. I would ask questions to understand why they cheated and just to find out, okay, after the cheating, how did you feel? I remember having a conversation with a guy I used to work with who cheated one time in his life. And he said, Ashley, I felt so bad when I had to come home and tell her what I had done because she had found out and I had to go ahead and confess it because I knew she knew. He said, the look on her face, the, the hurt that I caused, he said, I never wanted to see that look on anybody I was with ever mm-hmm. again. So if I was dating somebody and they said that, then I'd be like, okay, well, you learned your lesson. But I also dated a guy that openly told me he had cheated in every single relationship he had been in. Oh, my goodness. Every single one. Did he say why? Was there any self-awareness about that? Um, You know, it, it the self-awareness was saying that, yeah, he cheated. I mean, mm-hmm. I, he never really gave a, a reason for it. I think a lot of it was just options. You know, the people were there and it was convenient. And he also said, you know, I can sleep with somebody and disconnect. Like if I sleep with somebody that's not who I'm with, I'll tell that person, hey, you know, I have a girlfriend. And then when it's over, I leave like I don't want anything else from that person. So for him, it was more transactional. Mm. Like, hey, I do this thing, but I'm not trying to be with them. But yeah, I do. Interesting. That definitely sounds like he would fall into that stat mm-hmm. um, and may not even know why. Um, I mean, but that's that's going to be on him. To yeah, exactly. Figure out if he wants to figure that out. Right. If if he even wants to. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I think we have some clarity on on cheating. I'm curious to know if anybody wants to share their experiences with cheating, things that they've learned. Y'all feel free to reach out to us. Yes. On, you know, Love's a Trip podcast on Instagram or send feedback right here in the app and let us know what what you think. Did we miss anything in our conversation on cheating? Let us know. Yeah. And we're going to have to come back eventually and talk about the the question of can men and women be friends? Because I know that's oh. a big thing. But we're gonna that, That's a okay. whole other episode because okay. if we start on that, we're going to be right. talking right. 20, 30 more minutes because I have my opinion. I know you have yours. And Look, I just want to. Let me write this down right now because we're going to get to it. Yeah, we got to get to it. We got to get to it. Awesome. All right. So you um it's time for our coaching corner yes it is coaching corner so my coaching corner this episode is dealing with you know cheating we've already talked about it um today and i want to use a coaching corner to tell what i tell my clients that are dealing with cheating and i wanted to kind of approach this as if i was coaching myself because i have gone through relationships to where I was cheating on. What is some advice that I would give to someone getting over the cheating? Because we, if you've been through cheating, you know that it's really hard. And when someone cheated on you, you take it to heart. And it's really hard to get over it. And what are some ways that will get you to a better place 
you know, in a quicker way. So there are four basic things I tell people. The first thing is seek professional help. That is get a therapist, get a coach, get someone that you can talk to. Because a lot of times the first thing we'll do is we'll go talk to friends and we'll tell friends what happened and our friends will, will give us their, you know, reasoning or what they think you should do. And a lot of times that doesn't get to the the meat of the issue. What it, what it usually is, is surface advice, you know, girl, leave him alone, you know, move on. You don't need that. You don't deserve this. You know, you a strong black woman, you a strong black king, you know, you'll find somebody else. But when those conversations end, you're left with those emotions. And how do you sort through those emotions? How do you answer the questions of, Am I dating the same person with just a different face? Why am I attracting people that are coming to me with a type of energy where they are cheating? Is it something that you've dealt with more than once? Going deeper into those questions, because a lot of times from relationship to relationship, we're carrying baggage and we're not acknowledging those things from one thing to another. We're just saying, well, it ended. They cheated. I'm moving on, going on to somebody else. And it's like, well, yeah, it's okay to move on, but let's, get the lessons. Let's understand how we can approach finding the next person in a better way so that we aren't finding the same person over and over again. The second thing I would say is don't take it personal. One of the things that I did after I was cheating on is start to look at what did I do wrong, you know, or why did they cheat on me? Am I not good enough? Am I not pretty enough? You know, is my body not not the right type that they want? You know, am I not good sexually? You start asking a lot of questions that deal with with you instead of just saying, you know, people cheat because they want to. Mm. Cheating is a choice and that choice is outside of you. And you can't sit and ruminate over and over and blame yourself for the actions of somebody else. You can't control what other people do. You can only control how you react to it. And blaming yourself is destructive to you. It beats you down and it leaves you ill prepared for the next relationship. So don't take it personal. The third thing I would say is if you are deciding to stay in the relationship after someone has cheated on you, be honest with what you can handle. Ooh, that's good. Because a lot of times, you know, when you stay in the relationship, you are going to wonder where they are, if they're saying, you know, the right things. Are they being honest with you? You know, you you doing drive-bys to see if they really are where they say they are. You know, you're you're constantly questioning if they're being honest with you. And that can create a lot of anxiety for you. And especially if the person is not open and willing to be vulnerable about the things that they did wrong. And when you ask questions, are they open to answering those questions to you? And if you don't, then you realize that's really hurting you. And so you got to be honest with, can I handle what it takes to repair the relationship? Am I built for it? I know like for me, I'm not built for it. If you cheat on me, I'm out. I, I, I can't do it because I just know me. And I know that the rebuilding process is so very difficult. And re-earning that, that, that trust mm-hmm. takes a long time. And so if that person is not willing to meet you where you are emotionally and rebuilding the trust and the honesty with them, it's not going to work. So just be honest with what you can handle. And if you can't, leave. And there's nothing wrong with making that decision for yourself. The other person may cry. They may blame you for, you gonna you going to walk away from what we built. Yes, I am. I'm going mm-hmm. to walk away because I don't deserve this. 
and I don't want to deal with it. And I think as long as you're honest with yourself and you know, I walked away because I could not handle having to rebuild that. You can walk away with peace. And the last thing I would say is just to be very careful if you decide to stay with telling people about the indiscretions. Ooh. Because if you tell your friends, your maybe we're going to remember. <laughs> we're going to remember. Exactly. You're going to remember and you're going to hate them. And when you walk in a room with this person, all of your friends are going to be like, oh. Some of my friends with people right now, I'm like, I remember back in 2011. <laughs> So I'm still side-eyeing Exactly, them. exactly. And so if you know you're going to stay, if you know there is even the slimmest of possibilities that you're going to stay, please be careful with who you tell because your friends love you. Your friends support you. Your friends have loyalty to you only. They do not care about your partner. And so if the relationship falls apart, everything is going to be awkward from that point forward if you stay. And your friends are like, man, I can't believe they stand... You're going to stay after what they did? Mm -hmm. So every time, Mm -hmm. every time, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I would just say just, just to wrap it up again, just seek professional help. Don't take it personal. Be honest with your, with what you can handle. And if you decide to say, to stay, be careful with who you're going to tell. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for that coach. Ash. Yeah. All right. Now, getting to our window seat segment. Okay, I've been I've been waiting. You've been waiting. I've been because I need to. I had to come and take care of some business. Okay, okay. okay. So, a few episodes back, I gave a window seat to Jonathan Majors and also Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. We're gonna we're gonna leave him on the plane. But Jonathan Majors, (laughs) I'm gonna need to escort him off the plane. I'm gonna need you to uh, you know, I'm gonna need you to get up and follow me and come on, get off this plane. Come on, come on, get off. So (laughs) I'm sure you have probably heard the news, but uh, recently Jonathan Majors was accused of assaulting his uh, his girlfriend and he was arrested for this and released at the time we're recording this. um, You know, I don't there haven't been I think. I don't know if the charges have been dropped, but his yeah. lawyers have said that there was uh, she recanted the allegations. I don't know. I haven't seen that. They just said that. Yeah. So, OK, let me start by saying I'm not saying for sure he did it or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's not really what this is about. But there are certain things I can speculate on because whenever we talk about these people that we don't know, right, we're speculating, we're speculating, right? right? So even when we're talking about oh, like good for them, they're good people, that's speculation. We right. don't know, mm-hmm. we don't know either way, yeah, right. But so for this type of accusation, though, um, it should definitely be taken seriously, right? Yeah. And I get that it's complicated, especially when we think about the racial dynamics that are involved, mm-hmm. yeah, but. A couple of things. One is that there have been a couple of people that have been vocal after this came out yeah. about his like history yeah. of you know not being a great person. Yeah, and so that's something that I'm thinking about. Yeah, and also just generally, you know, people say like you know women be lying or whatever about these types of things. Listen, it costs people a lot to come out and mm-hmm. make this type of accusation and to file charges like this right right so it's not something that people take lightly right so and even when we look in the grand scheme of things 
the vast, vast majority, like over 99% of these types <laughs> of accusations end up being credible. Yeah. And so it's something to take seriously. And so it's something I think about in life when, when I know that people have these types of accusations, like Chris Brown, for example. Yeah. You know, people have said recently, like, why can't y'all forgive him? You know, he Rihanna forgave him. That was a long time ago. Listen, he has continued. Yes, continued. To be a problematic person. And when I say problematic, I mean violent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's had continual accusations of being violent toward women. And it really astonishes me how many people continue to work with him and platform him and hype him up. When he's causing real harm to people's lives. So I'm not saying like y'all also need to beat him up, right? Like I'm not saying there needs to be retribution, but why is there no acknowledgement that like really continuing to work with him in this way is enabling him to cause harm? Yeah. You know, so when I, when I saw that headline about Jonathan Majors, I was definitely disappointed Yeah, because again, we had, you know, yeah, given we hyped him, the him up. Props. We gave yeah. him his flowers, gave mm-hmm. him the flowers and really appreciated that display of what we thought was, you know, something that was, um, combating toxic masculinity. Right. But at the end of the day, when accusations like this are put out there, um, it's something I have to think about, you know, yeah. and I think about it when I'm consuming, content right Mm -hmm. and we can say all right like let's wait for the court to decide but me being an attorney I know just because a court says something happened Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it did happen right or just because they say it didn't happen doesn't mean it didn't actually happen right so you know I I'm side eyeing (laughs) it's it's big big side eye energy for me I do want to know more you know the attorney said that there's evidence that is going to clear him of this Again, they don't have to show it to us. Yeah. I'm not going to be in the courtroom. <laughs> but I would like to see, you know, yeah. and I, to me, the only thing that could clear this is like a video of the actual incident, right? right. Because otherwise you can't just say, oh, well, this didn't happen. Because from what I'm hearing, she actually went to the hospital, right? Yeah. So there's other things that were going on. I'm happy to hear that. But for now, his window seat, like, is is not available for Jonathan Majors. He's gone. Yeah, and I, did you see that the attorney released the emails or I guess the text messages? Oh, from, I didn't. Yeah, the, and then the text messages, I was thinking, you need to fire your counsel because mm. this, this is very mm-hmm. damaging. Uh-oh. Because in the text messages, she says, don't worry, you know, I told them that, you know, I should not have grabbed your phone and everything's going to be okay. It was very... It, it really reminded me of someone who had been abused and mm-hmm. how you, when you are abused, you try to protect the abuser. And that's what those text messages, text messages were giving. Mm-hmm. And I think the council put it out there thinking this would show that, Oh yeah, look, this is going to make him look better. And it's Mm-mm. like, ah, Mm-mm. no, Mm-mm. this made him look worse actually. Right. Yeah. So, And just cause somebody recants a statement again, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Exactly. So, off the plane. Yeah. Need you to follow me, sir. <laughs> right. But not me. I'm some big, strong <laughs> man. I'm going to come get you because I'm not. Right. <laughs> All right. Who are you giving your window seat to? Today, my window seat goes to Houston's finest Meg the Stallion. Ah. Sis is back. Okay. Sis is back and looking good with the mm. T on the end. You know, I was so worried about her emotional stability after going through that whole mess with Tory Lanez Mm -hmm. and just, 
you know, being what black women do is that we do our best to try to protect black men Mm -hmm. and, you know, her even going through all of the physical injuries and the emotional injuries, she still at the end of the day was trying to protect Tori, you know, and I just really want to send her some love and she's performing uh, tomorrow in Houston, but oh, by, by the time this comes out, she would have already performed, but she's back and I'm excited to go see her and rock out with her. And I'm just proud that she was able to get through this and come out stronger and she looks amazing and I'm giving her the window seat, the whole VIP, you know, she could sit up there with the pilot, drive the plane, (laughs) not drive the boat. We driving the plane. Mm -hmm. So I just want to give a huge shout out to Meg Thee Stallion. And I hope that she continues to flourish and do extremely well. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to see her back. And, you know, seems like she's doing well, obviously. We just see, you know, the pictures looking good, but she looks good. Seems like she's doing well. Yeah. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, Remember, you can always reach out to us if you have questions. So for the coaching corner, if you have questions you want us to answer, let us know. Feel free to submit them via the platform you're listening on right now or find us on Instagram at love is a trip podcast. Send us a message. We would love to answer your question during our next episode. All right, y'all. Until the next trip. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. We would love to connect with you. Find us on Instagram at Love is a Trip Podcast.